for joining us here at New Song Church, where we are helping people to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. If you ever have any questions or you want to learn more about us as a church, you can check us out online at newsongplymouth.church. It's the best way to stay connected with us throughout your week. And now, check out this week's sermon. Uh, are you ready to study the Word of God, yes or no? All right, let's do that. Get out your sermon notes. Um, I forget to tell you this uh, sometimes, but your sermon notes are hole-punched because we have these little um, uh, sermon notebooks that you can pick up in the, um, the bookstore, and they are at cost. We don't, we don't make, actually, we don't make anything, no profit off of anything we have in the bookstore. It's all sold at cost uh, to us, and, um, and it's just a great way to store your sermon notes. So, um, so that's why they're hole-punched, and you're welcome to go pick one up today. And, of course, uh, the Dingmans will be... Um, selling a, a lot of handcrafted sari products, but it's going to be in the next steps room uh, right across the hall out of the side of these doors. There's so, so many people that are going to be in there. We, did, we needed to move it into uh, a room outside of the lobby to give people a, a, a way to come in and out. So just FYI on that today, and you'll get the chance to, to uh, shake their hand and get to know them. And there are definitely, as you guys know here at New Song, we support nearly maybe even over 60 missionaries at this point. Um, and some of them very significantly, and um, there, there are certain ministries that we've just chosen to go deep with, and uh, David and Amy are, are certainly part of that group, and so uh, make sure you just stop out there and say hi to them and uh, see what they have to offer. We're starting a brand new series today called God is in Control, and it's going to last for a few more weeks, and um, I, I, I got to set the groundwork today, and so we're going to go to the book of 1 John chapter 5. Because I'm going to ask a question, then we're going to answer it, who's really in control? And when you read the Bible, you're going to read some statements that, that looks like uh, there, there's conflict there as to who is in control. And I'm going to show you that today by these first two verses. Here we go, 1 John 5, 19 through 20. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. How many know that the devil is real? He's real, and he is in control of this world. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given understanding so that we may, watch this, know him who is true. Okay, so we see in this verse of Scripture that that the devil is in control of this world. You could say in control of this world's systems, but the devil is a liar, and he's the father of lies. And his system that the world is submitting to is nothing but a lie. It's nothing but a lie. It is, it, let, let me say it like this, everybody. That when this verse says the whole world is under the control of the devil, but we know him who is true, we can say it like this. We don't have to give into the world systems or the devil's system because we know the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is the devil has nothing to offer. His systems do not work. In fact, they only lead to destruction. The devil comes to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus came to give us life and life in abundance, and he is the giver of life. He is the true and living son of God. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. We're going to get Southern on you today, everybody. You're going to talk back to me, all right? And... um, He says, so we know him who is true, and we are in him 
who is true by being in his son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God and eternal life. So it's talking about the world systems and the devil's in control of the world system, but it keeps talking about the point of the verse isn't about the devil being controlled. The point of the verse is that God is truth, that God is truth. That's the point of the verse. Now watch this, everybody. Let's go to Philippians 3.20. So, so as we go there, who's in control of this world? The devil is. The devil is. When Adam and Eve sinned in the Garden of Eden, they handed the keys of this world over to the devil, and he took control. That's what happened. But Jesus, <laughs> he, he uh, it, it, let me say it like this, everybody. It's short-lived. The, the devil's term here on this earth is short-lived, and, and the Lord is going to make some changes very soon. Soon and very soon. How many of you remember singing songs like that? Philippians 3.20. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, like I said, soon and very soon, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. So right now there's a season of time in which the devil is in control of the world's systems, but we as believers in the Son of God, we have been embracing truth, we have been set free by truth, and we are no longer under the control of the enemy. Amen? That's how it works, everybody. So who's in control? Is it the devil or is it God? The answer is yes. Yes, you're right. Well, which one is it? Absolutely. The devil is in control of this world. you got to admit it, everybody. If God was in control of this world right, right now, he would be doing a terrible job. And, but God is perfect, and he never fails. And the Bible clearly states that, that the, the devil is in this world creating conflict and destruction. But Jesus is the truth. He is the truth. So who's really in control? Let me say it this way, everybody. Who are you following? Because I would tell you this, if you were to say, Justin, who's in control? I would say, Jesus is. Of course he is. He's in control of me. He's in control of my family. He's in control of my circumstances. He's in control of this church. He's in control of everything that is good and perfect. He's in control. But right now, the devil is in control of this world to which we, are, we live in the world, but we're not like the world, are we? what the Bible says. And so let's look at this verse in Job chapter 42. For all of you who are still putting this together, Job chapter 42, this is, this is Job having a conversation with the Lord, and he says a few things that are just phenomenal here, way too rich to pass up. So then Job replied to the Lord. So this is Job speaking. I know that you can do anything, and no one can stop you. So Job has a theological truth that he is not only embraced, but he fully believes, I know that you can do anything and nobody can stop you. You asked, and he's pointing out to this conversation he has with God, and this is God speaking, who is this that questions my wisdom with such ignorance? So Job must have gone to God and said, God, I don't understand. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who is it that questions me? When you don't have the knowledge that I have, isn't that what he's saying? Who is it that would question me, the creator of the world? Does creation question the creator? 
I have, but I shouldn't. You know what I'm saying? And Job answers, God, it's me, it's I. And I was talking about things I knew nothing about, things far too wonderful for me. Like, God, God I'm sorry, it was me. I'm, I made a mistake, God. I, I dared to challenge you as if you don't know what you're doing. In my humanity, I challenged divinity. And I realized I was wrong. I was wrong. Is this connecting with you guys already? I realized I was wrong. You are God. You alone are God. And you said, listen, this is God speaking. Listen, Job, and I will speak. I have some questions for you, and you must answer them. And this is Job's response. I had only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes, and I take back everything I've said and I sit in dust and ashes to show my repentance. I, God, I don't ever want to question you again. Forgive me. Forgive me. And before we go any further in the service, I thought it would be great for us just to bow our heads for a moment, take these portions of Scripture to heart, and let's pray a prayer. And if you agree this with me, just say in your heart, Lord, this is me. This is me. And it goes something like this. Father, I have questioned you too many times. I've challenged your authority in my life, and I've challenged you as if you don't know what you're doing. Your greatness is too, too wonderful, too vast for me to understand. And I'm sorry. And I repent questioning your sovereignty and your goodness, your mercy and your love and your kindness and your compassion and your wisdom. I'm sorry. And help me to never do that again. Help me to live a life of surrender to your ways, to your will. I do not want to live my life by challenging you. That is prideful. Pride comes before a fall. So I humble my heart. Repentance. Help me to walk in submission and in trust. I pray it in Jesus' name. I hope you prayed that prayer. That's a great prayer to pray, amen? So you say, okay, how do, how do we put all this together? How, how, do we, how do we live our lives knowing that God is in control when we see the effects of the enemy everywhere, because we do, don't we? We see the effects of the enemy. We see the effects of the devil everywhere. So how do we live our life knowing beyond a shadow of a doubt that God really is in control? Write this down. The first thing you've got to know is this. God is sovereign. God is sovereign. He is able he is able to do whatever he wants to do. In fact, I wrote it down this way, that he has the absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure. And I totally stole that from a Bible dictionary, everybody, because that's what the sovereignty of God is about. That's the best definition, the most simple to understand definition that I could come up with, that he, is, he has the absolute right as the creator of the world, as God who has always been and will always be, as God. 
Like sometimes we think of, oh, I'm just going to go talk to have you. Have you realized how big God is? Like how you, have you realized how wonderful and majestic and truly powerful God is? And if you really viewed him that way, wouldn't we live lives that were just a little bit more humble than what we live? He is a great and mighty God, the Bible says. And he has the absolute right to do all things according to his own good pleasure, meaning this, everybody, God is in control. And I have some verses for you to back this up. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a person's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. What's this one? You can't get more point blank than this one right here in Psalm 115.3, our God is in heaven, and he does whatever pleases him. Come on, everybody. He just does whatever pleases him. And he's like, man, I don't know about that. That makes me a little bit nervous. I, I mean, if he's really in control, whoo, boy, that could go bad for me. Here's the thing that you have to understand about the nature of God. And you should be glad that he's sovereign. And you should be glad that he's fully in control. Because the second thing you've got to remember all the time, it's so easy. God is good. God is good. Yes, he's always in control. He's always in control. He is a great and powerful and majestic and mighty God who does whatever pleases him, but he's always good. He's always good. And he has the ability and the desire, and he does it all the time, where he takes bad circumstances in our life and he turns them for our good because that's who he is. He is a good God, he is a good God. Psalm 86, 15 says, But you, Lord, are compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. And if you really read your scripture, if you really dove into the word of God, you would see how gracious and compassionate and merciful and loving and kind and patient. I mean, just you would realize the goodness of God. You'd realize the goodness of God that he's extremely He's extremely good. In fact, everybody, in fact, everything that he does in this world so that people would accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They really? Everything. Think about it. Jesus had, Jesus who is God, by the way, Jesus said, I'm the, I and the Father are one, right? So Jesus is God. God is Jesus. They're there's obviously God, the Holy Spirit, too, is the Trinity. You can't fully explain that, but that's how it is. And Jesus said, hey, I just came to do one thing, to seek and save that which is lost. I just want to do one thing. I just want to find those people who are lost and who are tired of being lost, and I'm going to find them, and I'm going to, I'm going to draw them to myself. And when they come, I will joyfully accept them. That's what he does. Can I tell you, the highest goal of God in mankind today is that everybody would know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. It's his highest goal. And if, listen, listen, this song, if it's God's highest goal, shouldn't it be ours? Shouldn't it be ours? Shouldn't it be our highest goal that everybody that I know, all of my family members, all, all of uh, my neighbors, all, all of my loved ones, I, that everybody would know the Lord Jesus Christ? Shouldn't that be our highest goal? Sometimes we get confused by all of this. But trust me, one thing you need to know, you've got to leave this place knowing that God is in control. 
say, well, what about my circumstances? What about the trouble that I've been in? What about the things that don't make sense to me? What about the heartache and the turmoil and, and the fact that I, I'm having trouble paying my bills? And where's God and all of that? He's in control. But you, you cannot live. In fact, the Bible says you need to be sober. You need to be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, he, he prowls around like a, a roaring lion seeking somebody to devour. My, like like dev, the devil is out to get you, everybody. But the good news is God is out to get you, everybody. You know what I'm talking about? Like the, the devil is out there to pull you down, but God is there to bring you out. That's who he is. That's what he does best. And you will have conflicts in this world. You, you face everybody. I'm, I'm just, I, I, I'm scared for our nation to some degree because we talk about God so much. And that's wonderful. We should, our eyes and, and our hearts should be focused on him, and we never give the devil credit. I've taught you that. We don't, we don't like to talk about the devil. We don't give the devil credit. We don't, we don't let the, the devil get any glory, not in, not in my life anyway. I don't want to give him any glory in my life. But you, you cannot walk around this life being naive because your enemy is very, very real. And his number one goal is to destroy you and destroy the ones you love and destroy your neighbors and really destroy this entire world. This is, that's his highest priority is just to bring destruction, to take as many people to hell as he possibly can because he knows that's where he's going. He knows it. Well, I, I don't really like that. Well, neither do I. Neither does any believer. Nobody likes the fact that the devil is real, but he's real. That's why the Bible says you've got to be sober. You've got to be vigilant because your adversary is real. And he's out to get you, but we have a God who is good. We have a God who's powerful. We have a God who's a deliverer. We have a God who is mighty. We have a God who loves us so very, very much that he takes all of the things that the devil tries to do and he turns them around and he works them for our good. That's how good our Heavenly Father is. And there's something else you've got to know when you question the sovereignty of God and the fact, well, is God in control? And you, you might say here today, so, well, I see it in the Bible. God is in control. But is, is he in control of me? Is he in control of my life? Is he in control of my circumstances? Because it's easy to say, okay, well, I get it. God is in control and God is powerful. And God is in, but what if we personalize that? What, what, is, God, is, is God in control of my stuff? Is God in control of my life? Is he in control of my problems? Is he in control? And I want to teach you something that, that you, you've got to remember. It's so powerful. You've got to remember, write this down, that everything that I go through, everything that you go through is only temporary. It's only temporary. And so, so because some people are really fighting on this, you know, is God really in control? If he is in control, is he really in control of me? And I'm going to put some things into perspective for you. 2 Corinthians 4, 17 says, For our light and momentary troubles, our light and momentary, our light and momentary. Well, Pastor Justin, my problems are pretty big. Really, though? Really, though? Like, by, by mass confession here, I mean, everybody involved. How many slept in a bed last night? Raise your hand. I mean, really? Really? It, Come on. Remember that thing that you, you, you cried about and whined about five years ago and you couldn't sleep for a week and, why well, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm just so stressed. You having panic attacks. And if I were to say, yeah, what was that about? You know, I don't remember. 
I mean, come on, everybody. The thing that kept you up last year for several nights, the thing that kept you awake and you couldn't stop thinking about it, you wondered how it was going to work out, and all of a sudden, here you are a year later, you can't, you can't even remember what that thing was. Why? Because it's just a light and momentary problem. It's just a light and momentary trouble. And they are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not, what is, not, not what's unseen, not what's, what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is what? It's all temporary. It's all temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So, so you say, okay, I get it. God is in control. God is sovereign. I understand that, but is he in control of me? Is he in control of my circumstances? And the Bible is very clear. The one thing that God knows that we fail to remember is that whatever circumstance you're in right now, it's only temporary. And we have to focus our eyes on what is what is unseen. Guys, that's eternal. But what's seen, that's just temporary. So yeah, you're in a mess. New song. You have some troubles. God is in control. God is in control. And he's going to work everything out for your good. But pastor, I'm stressed. Pastor, I'm having panic attacks. Pastor, I, I lose my breath and I can't even catch my breath because I'm so bothered by it. Can, can you do something? Can, this, is the, this is the call of God for you today. Can you take your eyes off of what is seen and place your eyes on what is unseen? And that is our Heavenly Father who is sovereign and He is in control and you live your life of trust. God, I don't know what the... I don't know what the answer is. I don't know what this is, how this thing is going to work out, but I just want you to know one thing I understand, God, is you are sovereign, you're in control, and I trust you to take care of me and my family. I'm just going to walk in victory. I'm going to walk in faith. Isn't that what we're called to do, New Song? And the Bible says that our reward will be great. In fact, I would challenge you to go back in the Word of God and discover the rewards of just trusting God. And I promise you, you will find delightful things that God has in store for you if you just trust him. Because when you question if God is in control, isn't that, isn't that a matter of trust? Isn't that a matter of trust? God, am I really going to trust you? New song, are you really going to trust him? Are you really going to trust him? I've just decided to trust the Lord because I realized He's brought me a long way, and he has done for me the impossible. He's been better to me than I deserve, and I have no reason not to trust him. He's never given me a reason not to trust him. How do I know? Well, I slept in the bed last night, and I, I ate breakfast this morning, and I have clothes to wear. I have a, a great family a great wife, a great kids. I have a great church family. I mean, come on, everybody. Don't we have reason to trust the Lord? How many would agree that? We just have reason to trust the Lord. So, so let me encourage you. If you're in a circumstance, and I'm just setting the stage for the next couple of weeks. This is only foundational. I'm just setting the stage. But let me, let me trust you, or let me, let me tell you something uh, that, I, that I heard my wife say just this past week. I'd never heard it before. She doesn't remember where she heard it from, but we were kind of hanging out with somebody, and, and um, 
just talking to them and talking about some, some decisions that needed to be made and what we're kind of up against and what they're up against. And my wife made this statement. I want you to write it down. That the devil always brings his best just before God brings his best. That the devil brings his best just before God brings his best. And I promise you that God's best is far greater, far more powerful, far more wonderful than the devil would ever try to put upon you. How many know that the Bible says that no weapon formed against us is going to prosper? That when the devil brings his best, God brings his best. Amen? I, I was thinking of, of it like this, just this is a final word. And I, I, uh, I read this uh, a while ago from T.D. Jakes, and I just made a note of it. He said, he said, never make a permanent decision based upon a temporary storm. And some of you guys are in a temporary storm, and you're wondering, yeah, but is God really in control? And the Bible so clearly says it over and over and over and over again that God is sovereign and God is definitely in control. And don't come to a conclusion that God isn't in control based upon, don't, don't make a permanent decision like that based upon a temporary problem that you're going through. You see it? Don't, don't leave this place and say, well, yeah, but I still wonder. No, no, the word of God is sure. The word of God is truth. The word of God, the Bible says, will stand forever. You can build your life upon it. God is in control. And he's not only in control. He's in control of your circumstances. Like He sees you. He knows you. And he's going to deliver you. He's going to provide for you. He's going to show himself mighty for you because everybody he is good he is good he's good and he loves you more than you could ever imagine would you bow your heads with me in a word of prayer I just want to ask you a quick question this morning have you really given your life to Jesus have you really made him the Lord of your life meaning this do you believe in Jesus do you believe in the cross do you believe in the resurrection and have you really trusted Jesus Christ as Savior? The Bible says this, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved every time. When you come to Jesus and say to Jesus, Jesus, would you save me? Jesus always says yes. Every single time, he always says yes. And there might be somebody in the room right now just needs to call upon Jesus Christ. Lord, say, Jesus, save me. Save me. I want to be your child. And if that's you today, with nobody looking around, you're ready to give your life over to Jesus Christ. I want you to raise your hand really high. Just let me see who you are. All right? You can put down your hands. Oh, I'm so proud of you. Several people. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm just going to pray a prayer. Just to lead you to Christ. And in this prayer, you can just say in your heart, Jesus, that's me. Forgive me. And he will. I promise you, he will. And you're going to leave this place completely changed by the glory and the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, we come to you today knowing that you really are Savior of the world. I believe in your birth. I believe in your life. I believe in the cross. I believe in the resurrection that you were, you were raised to life. I believe in you, Jesus. 
And now I'm going to put my trust in you today. I'm asking you, save me. Be Lord of my life. So I surrender my life to you today. I give you everything. Thank you for changing me, cleaning me up. And now I know by faith who you are, what you've done for me, that you are the Savior, and I know that I'm saved by grace, your grace. Thank you for making me new. Help me to live a life that honors you, I pray in Jesus' name. Now, for those in this room, you have some circumstances. Go ahead and just keep your eyes closed for a second. You have some circumstances you're going through, and you're wondering if God is really in control. You've been going through some turmoil, and I want to tell you that it's just temporary. It's just temporary. Light light in momentary troubles. And you just want to show God today that, hey, I'm choosing to trust you again. And I'm giving you my issues. I'm giving you my problems. I'm just going to trust you from now on because you are sovereign. You are in control. So I'm just handing my issues over to you today, God. If that's you, raise your hand really high and keep it up. Go ahead and keep it up. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, for every person in this room, they're handing their problems over to you today. They're choosing to trust in you, Father. Oh, God, I pray that all of us would live by faith. We would walk by faith. And we would trust you inside and out. And, Lord, today we take our circumstances, we take our problems, we take every issue that we have, and we we give it to you today, God. And say to you that we don't have the power to make this right. But we know that you are all-powerful and that nothing is impossible with you. And so we give it to you today. And we trust you that you're going to work out all things for our good because you are a good God. And we thank you for it. We thank you for it. Thank you for doing the miraculous. Thank you for our healing. Thank you for our deliverance. Thank you for provision. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That whatever we need is ours because we are in the family of God and our Heavenly Father is perfect. And we pray all of those things in Jesus' name. Amen. As a church, it's our honor to play a small part in what God is doing through your life and we would love to continue on that journey. Find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ All you have to do is go to newsongplymouth.church slash connect. Thank you to all of you who consistently give, serve, and pray. You are the ones that God is using to truly make a difference in our community as we live out our mission of leading people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. We hope you tune in next week.